Blog Talk Radio. Oh, Jesus. Welcome to I Hate This Podcast. I am Jay Miller, and as always, joined by the uh, extreme icon, the hardcore icon, just incredible. How's it going this week for you? It's going fantastic. A uh, nice rib with the uh, Paul McCartney uh, birthday uh, song there. Uh, yeah, I uh, yesterday I turned, well, yeah, yesterday I turned 45 years old, so bittersweet, but um, Artist of the Week. 30 Seconds to Mars, one of my personal favorite uh, bands of all time, and uh, their new single, Rescue Me. Uh, go check that out. But uh, what's going on, Jay? Hey, you know, things are going pretty well over here. Uh, glad to be back on the air. Glad to be back home at Blog Talk Radio. Um, and we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Um, it's, it's been an interesting uh, few weeks that we've been gone. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened, and we're going to talk about a lot of it tonight. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going going on in uh in the world of pro wrestling right now uh you know uh, i didn't personally see bound for glory but i saw what a lot of the fans did see was a very controversial finish to uh the austin aries match um what are your thoughts going in and i'll chime in real quick i mean honestly you know the 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 fact that austin aries is pretty much an egotistical dick um it's it's no secret it's no secret at all everyone pretty much knows that uh he's always had this pompous attitude for uh, around him and that's why he didn't last long in wwe 
Um, and now he's apparently gone from Impact as well. And good, let him go on the indie scene and be, you know, the big deal in the little high school gym. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I personally always got along with the young man. I mean, he's a hell of a performer. I don't know him all that well. All I know is, uh, in my opinion, from what I saw, again, I don't know. Uh, I didn't see any of the dirt sheets. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But uh, to me personally, uh, it reeks of a work. Uh, it it also, I mean, and then I heard, I don't know if it was you that said it to me, but uh, it started as a work possibly and then turned into a shoot, which, I mean, happened to me plenty of times in my life but uh, you know nonetheless um i it's fascinating and um it's it, it, it kind of says something where impact wrestling has made a lot of noise over you know it, it seems like uh, no matter how good or bad the shows are uh, in all in all fairness they uh you know they have a lot of good workers a lot of great action they, you know their, their shows are not bad by any stretch but it just doesn't seem that the fan base uh, the pro wrestling fan base really uh, care anymore. It's like, I think they've taken, you know, they've, the, the, the wrestling fans have kind of given up. Uh, I mean, so it, you know, it, it's just a shame that I guess they tune, they're into what, what this could possibly be. So if this is a shoot and he's out, it goes to show you that, you know, they're just a one trick pony and they just thrive on controversy. I mean, honestly, the way I see it is um, impact is like the boy that cried wolf. I mean, people have left Impact, fan-wise, have left Impact, and then, you know, they hear something and they come back and they, you know, expect Impact to turn it around, but they just can't seem to get it right consistently. And I think it's to the point where no matter what, the fans are just gone and they're not going to come back. Yeah, no, and and I think it's way too late for that. And it's a shame. I mean, they're going to need uh, to build from scratch, and um, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I really don't believe anything they say anymore. And that's the problem. Uh, right. Fans are, you know, fans have seen it all from them. They've seen all the bullshit, all the fucked up shit they've done. And I don't think fans, quite frankly, trust anything that they do. They got fans attention and it would be um, whether this was planned or not. Um, they should try to piggyback off this somehow. And you know what? If the kid, if this is a shoot, pay the kid money, you know, and I, I know you don't like them. I, you know, but hell, pay the kid money and uh, work the goddamn angle. I mean, yeah, in my in my opinion, Austin Aries has the uh, Davy Richards conflict where he's an awesome worker, just like Davy Richards was an awesome worker, but they just have shit attitudes. And, I mean, no matter how good you are, there's someone out there just as good. And if their attitude is better and they're easier to be around in the locker room, guess who most promoters are going to go with? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's always been the case uh, throughout wrestling. And, and these days, man, uh, and this is kind of crazy, the statement, but uh, talented young young men and women are a dime a dozen. I mean, there's so many great performers these days. Um, you know, you got a lot, of, a lot of guys to choose from, a lot of kids that are hungry, you know, uh, and it's just stuck in the indie scene. So, uh, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of good workers, but only very few can make money and draw money. And, uh, you know, to use the word uh, impact players, you know, uh, there's only very few that they, that could put it all together. A lot of a lot of guys go out there, do a bunch of spots, look real cool. Uh, very few could do the whole thing. And, and of course, you can't do it without the promotion. I couldn't have done anything without Paul Heyman um, and his creativity. So it really is lightning in a bottle. And right now, uh, it, you know, they have a little buzz. Um, let's see where this goes. I, you know, will I tune in this weekend? 
Possibly. And I wa- haven't wanted to tune into Impact in a long time. So uh, let's see what happens. And I'll say this. I mean, the only reason I actually watched Bound for Glory um, was because I was interested in the LAX match. Um, LAX and Conan versus Eddie Kingston, Homicide, and Hernandez. And that's because LAX just so talented. Yeah. Um, Santana and Ortiz, uh, two great young guys from the New York area. I mean, I mean, they just impressed me week in and week out, and they haven't had a bad match in Impact. Um, but seeing them wrestle in a, ma- you know, in a match with no mat on the ring, uh, they're wrestling on top of the boards, just a straight yeah. boards. Yeah. And, and some of the bumps they were taking, I mean, you're not going to have a long career that way. Um, so no. I mean, no, I really, I mean, look, right now they they do anything they can for. Um, you know, for effect, you know, they want to get the news and the homicide. He's been around a long time. Homicide is 40 years old and he's been a consummate professional on the independent scene in the Northeast, done a lot of great stuff worldwide, Japan impact. I mean, uh, he's been everywhere. Uh, I really respect him and, and really, you know, he's one of my friends and I, uh, you know, he deserves where he's at, but, uh, the other guys are just, um, you know, they're doing a great job. They're proving themselves. But, yeah, man, they, these guys are, are putting it all out there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish this would grab on because, look, the more successful Impact Wrestling would be, the better it would be for everybody in the business. The more work, the more fans watching, uh, you know, better for you, better for me. We have more to talk about. We have more to, you know, more possibilities. So I hope this this catches on. Um, I know Impact Wrestling has new management. Don, Don Callis is a friend. Uh, from back in the ECW days, and um, who's that other kid from uh, Ontario? Scott. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott, Scott Demore. Yeah, I've yep. known Scott Demore for 20 years. So uh, again, very talented mind in this business. So uh, you know, well, let's, let's hope they could turn this around. As, as, as Scott Demore is actually the guy that invented the Canadian Destroyer, if you can imagine that. I believe uh, it. He's like I said, he's got a great mind for the business, you know. So let's let's hope they could turn it around. Um, and so the other big thing this week besides Bound for Glory, oh, before we move on, actually, I want to talk a little bit about um, Abyss going into the TNA or the Impact Hall of Fame. Um, what an amazing speech he gave uh, for his Hall of Fame. And he talked pretty much about how, you know, kind of the older generation needs to turn around and, you know, give their hand to the new generation and kind of guide them where to go. And what I didn't know is, uh, I guess Abyss does a lot of backstage stuff at TNA, um, which I wasn't aware of until that. Yeah, no, uh, Chris, uh, is, uh, he's, he's been there for a long time doing backstage stuff. Uh, he's got a great mind for the business. Um, I, I respect him. I, I really enjoy his work. He's put his body on the line. He deserves everything he's gotten. It's a shame, uh, in my opinion that he never got to work on the big stage. Uh, but that's not a knock on him. Uh, you know, it's just saying he, he stuck with the company and he did he did great work, continues to do great work helping the younger guys. Um, but it's amazing, man. It's like uh, we've talked about this before in private. It's almost like uh, the generation of the Shawn Michaels and the Undertakers never really uh, handed the ball off to the generation before them very selectively. So now we're expected, you know, the the guys that were on top now we're expecting to hand it off. So, you know, it's kind of a little hypocritical. I know he doesn't mean that because he's working with the younger guys and he's doing the rah-rah speech for the Impact Boys. But, uh, you know, it's easier said than done, you know what I'm saying? But um, 
Yeah. Look, I'm hopeful and grateful, uh, you know, and, and, you know, good for him. He deserves it. He's a good guy, uh, busted his ass for so many years and gave us so many great matches. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. And I think, uh, Bitch, you know, he, I think he never went to WWE by choice. Uh, I think I remember hearing, you know, WWE's kind of reached out to him before in the past about bringing him in to work with The Undertaker. Um, but he just, you know, he's always been loyal to TNA. Um for yeah. better or worse. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it, at the end of the day, it, be, it becomes all about what you're comfortable with. Um, I, I, you know, in ECW, um, WCW threw money at me. I, I was more comfortable working for Paul Heyman, knowing that uh, I'd rather be creatively uh, in control than necessarily making a ton of money. Do I regret it today? I don't know. You ask me if I had a run with The Undertaker, if I, would I have taken that today? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So uh, either way, but no, you know, look, everybody does what's right for them and their family at that time. At the end of the day, this is a business. And uh, he did what's, what he felt was right. And uh, I'm grateful he's getting, you know, he's getting rewarded for uh, all the time he's put in. And then uh, so the other big thing this week um, was the 1000th episode of WWE Smackdown. Um, guy, it's hard to believe it's been around that long, 20 but about 20 years now, I think, or 18 years, something like that. Yeah. 18, 18 years, 18 years. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of episodes to go through then a lot of memories uh, that people have been sharing, uh, from their past experience on SmackDown. So before we talk about a few things from the past week's SmackDown, why don't you give us your SmackDown memory? Yeah, we just, uh, we, we came up with this one about a half hour before we went on air and, uh, I remember one time, this is when, uh, this is after ECW closed and when they were pushing uh, me and X-Pac as, uh, as the group X-Factor with Albert as, uh, you know, our manager or our third party, you know. And uh, we were, never forget this, we were at the Baltimore Arena, the famous Baltimore Arena, Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, we were, I, I, don't, I think it was pre-recorded, I'm not sure, it doesn't even matter, but uh, we were wrestling the APA, Bradshaw and Ron Simmons. And we were going over uh, with the help of Albert on the outside. And let's just say uh, Ron and John were not too happy with putting over two considerably smaller guys. So they proceeded to uh, literally uh, beat the shit out of us in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember they bloodied Pac's lip. Ron Simmons dropped me on my head on a belly to back. I mean, we, they really tuned us up. And uh, as I walk through the curtain, right, this is total. And this is where the politics come in, right? I'm walking through the curtain. Both of us beat up, you know, Pox bleeding. I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm concussed. And uh, Taker sitting there watching the monitor, you know, in his gear, ready to go out or whatever. And he's like, and he always called me Peter. Never called me PJ. Called me Peter. He goes, Peter, come here. I said, what's up, Mark? He goes, are you all right? And, you know, those are his boys. That's who he ran. He ran with those guys, right? So, I'm not saying it's a setup, but I'm saying like, you know, shit's about to go down if I say some, the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, everything's fine. And he goes, you sure? I said, yep. When of course I meant, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that's my fondest memory. Everything else. I pretty much, uh, you know, everything else was what it was on SmackDown for me. I was usually on the, uh, the B show after uh, a couple of weeks of that shit. But nonetheless, now, that's that's my memory. Now you you was in WWE, um, actually, and it kind of relates to SmackDown because they 
after 9-11, after September 11th, uh, SmackDown was the first kind of show uh, to have, you know, to be put on in America after the attack. Uh, you were with the company then. Were you at yeah. that show after 9-11? I was, yeah. Uh, what was what the happened? atmosphere like? It was in Houston. Uh, we were. I remember uh, I was rooming with Lance Storm. And uh, and this was before cell phones were like really like this is, I mean, before cell phones were everywhere. Um, Lance, we were staying at like some mid-level Super 8 in Houston and uh, we were supposed to go on on Tuesday, and the attacks happened on a Tuesday. And uh, everybody, my wife called me uh, at, at the hotel, like, you know, and Lance's, Lance's mom um, called us at the hotel. Like, you know, it's like 845. We just came in from Monday Night Raw late. So, you know, we're getting phone calls at the hotel, which is weird. So, like, shit was going down, and they're like, turn on the TV. It was about 845. Or no, it was, excuse me, it was 745. Um in Texas time. So, but anyways, it was really early. I remember it happening and, uh, yeah. So then we, we did the show in Houston on Thursday, uh, live, um, which was the first show really of that kind to, to happen. And then the rib was, we had to stay because there were no planes. Everybody was stuck where they were. And we're all traveling from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, Lance was from Canada. So we had to drive from Houston to Atlanta and that entire thing to make the next live Monday night raw. Oh, wow. uh, and you want to tell you, dude, it, I, I drove landstorm fucking crazy. <laughs> he would do books on tape. I was, this is when Lincoln park hybrid theory came out. I was smoking weed in the bathroom, driving him absolutely insane. So, but uh, it's a testament to, uh, to what it is, you know? Now, but, uh, Bruce Pritchard said that um, everyone had a choice. If he, they could either do the SmackDown or they can go home. Uh, was that option given? No. How do you go home? There were no flights. You really couldn't go home. That was the whole thing. You know, that's the whole thing. You really couldn't go home because there was no flights. That's why we had to drive to Atlanta to make Raw. So, I mean, it was an, going home meaning you don't have to do the show. But you ain't going anywhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it really wasn't an option. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's right of what, you know, what they meant by going home. But no, we really didn't have an option. We're stuck in Texas. I'm a Connecticut boy. Where the hell am I going? I'm out on the road, man, you know? Uh, I guess since he's from Houston, it was a little easier for him to go home. Perhaps, yeah, very easy. <laughs> um, all right, so SmackDown 1000, um, pretty interesting show. I mean, it didn't have the big show feel like the Raw 25 had, or anytime they do, you know, a special Raw, it always has a big time feel. Um, this one really didn't. The only return really was uh, Batista, who found charisma somewhere on the way there. Yeah, I, everybody says that. I, look, I, 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 I was surprised as anybody to see Dave um, come out, but um, I always thought he had charisma. I don't know. Maybe I was, I, but then again, I haven't really paid attention in a very long time. Uh, and he, you know what I mean? He, I wasn't really around for his return last time, but uh, no, I mean, look, I, I, I think he did a great job. And uh, do I think he's building for a match? Absolutely. Look, you wrestle one night, you make a million dollars. You kidding me? I don't care how many big movies you're in. Um, it's what it is, you know? And uh, look, and it's good for the business. It's a payoff for him, and he, uh, you know, and I think whether the fans love it or hate it, 
it's still going to be big box office. So uh, I'm glad he's back. And, uh, you know, the other returns, like Edge was cool, but I was never a big Edge fan to begin with. And, uh, you know, it was just, you know, I don't know. To me, it never really, you're right. It didn't have that big, uh, that big show feel to me, at least, you know. Um, So here we go. Um, The Rock was actually uh, offered to be on SmackDown 1000. Uh, It appears that he declined it because of the Saudi Arabia deal. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, that's crazy. I don't know how that that that's going to work itself out. I mean, the whole time this is a big money play. And I know there was a ton of guaranteed money thrown in there. And uh, with Rock involved, I mean, politically, they got to do what's right. But um, I don't know how you play this. This, to me, is very complicated. I mean, this gets into big-time politics. And I'm, I'm really not, you know, well-versed enough to even form an opinion other than WWE screwed one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, no matter what they do, they're going to they're gonna make someone mad. Um, yeah. you, have, you have U.S. senators calling on them to cancel this show. Um, but they're getting like I think like ten billion dollars over the next ten years to do shows in Saudi Arabia. I mean, yeah. they're they're a business. I mean, you you know the business is to make money. Um, and, and you know, I uh, Bradshaw, who funny we were just talking about, uh, he was actually on Fox News today talking about it. Um, and pretty much how he said it was, if you want to see change in a country you have to kind of lead the way for that country. Well, I mean, that's, that's, look, that's the way Vince always will uh, throw, he'll throw the capitalist, uh, you know, the, the, the black and white easy statement to make, right. You know, Oh, if you want change, you got to make change and blah, blah, blah. Just talk in circles. Look, I don't know what the right thing to do here is. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be a very tough choice. And I guarantee you, um, that they're going to follow the money on this one. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to be this time around. I don't know if they're going to you know what they're going to do, but they're not going to drop this deal. It's too big. It's too much, and uh, I don't know what the consequences will be if there are going to be any uh, backlash. It certainly may be uh, a backlash for the company. And uh, like Vader is saying right here on my Twitter feed, it's a lose lose, and I believe it is. I mean, you you know, uh, in a PR way, it's a you know it's definitely a lose financially. You know, it's not like it's not like it was before where Vince is pocketing the money or putting the money into, you know, it's a publicly traded company. So that's the biggest issue we got to think about. If this was in the 90s, then Vince runs with the money, takes the money and run. You know, you take the money and run. But uh, if, you know, these days you really have you have board of directors to answer to. So it's a whole different game. And uh, the WWE has become more like Walt Disney than professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I can't predict either here nor there of what, what's going to happen, but uh, definitely curious. Now, what about, okay, now the main event, or one of the main events scheduled is uh, The Undertaker and Kane versus you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Um, Kane is currently the uh, the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Is it smart for him to go over there with all this tension right now as a, politician in a uh you know a public figure uh that's a man that's a huge huge undertaking no pun intended wow i didn't mean to do that but uh all seriousness (laughs) he seriously like uh yeah hey i don't know how you could be the mayor of knoxville and still be uh wrestling on television and on the road 
um, right there. But uh, to 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 take on public, you know, uh, politically charged issues, which of course isn't up to him. This is a this is a company decision, and he's a comp- He's always been a company guy. Um, I can't be a good look for him politically, either way, either way, because no matter what he does, it's going to affect him. Uh, in his hometown, you know, in his area, you know, where he, where he's the mayor, it's going to affect uh, p- public opinion. It's going to be front page news. So for him as an individual, as a politician, it's going to hurt no matter what. So it, it brings up a lot of, a uh, lot of things, a lot of different angles, you know, a lot of different angles. So no, it's, it's not good for Glenn at all. Oh, so someone just corrected me. Kane isn't the mayor. Uh, Glenn Jacobs is, so it's okay. Uh, Kane, Glenn, what the fuck? Yeah. It, it, it's actually Knox County, Tennessee, not Knoxville. I was wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Hey, I hey, don't know. It's all the same, Jesus I Christ. mean, if you can date your cousin in Tennessee, then you can consider Knoxville and Knox County the same thing. Um, tomato, tomato, brother. That's how I feel. Um, and then, um, wow. And see, and just like that. <laughs> the hell yeah. transition. Just like that, we just, you know, we go from bound for glory to marrying cousins in Tennessee. Oh, Lord. Um, Yeah, I feel like, you know, I just want to say, I feel like we don't kiss enough enough WWE ass on this show. I mean, Bruce Pritchard has a a show on the WWE Network now. So I feel like we need to just start kissing ass. Stop saying negative stuff. Look, I'm not... The minute you do the WWE network with all, I mean, it's a, look, it's a great product, great stuff, great opportunity for the guys to get out there and do their thing. But the minute you have somebody that puts a chokehold on everything you say and do, it defeats the purpose. I, you know, I would never do that. I mean, unless you throw serious bank, um, there's, what's the point of, of doing something like this? There's, there's bigger and better podcasts out there. And if you want me to go out there and kiss somebody's ass, the truth of the matter is, you know, um, Unfortunately, once you're in the WWE umbrella, just like any other big corporate thing, um, you're not going to you're not going to be able to get your real opinion out. You're going to always have to fly the flag of your parent company. And uh, that's why the ECW reboot never worked in 2006. We were the antithesis of everything uh, against, you know, corporate wrestling and all that shit. So when the machine is bringing you back and you're supposed to be the rebels, How's that work out? And we saw how that worked out. So, you know, I think, uh, I think that's the importance of like, you know, when, when you, and I hate to say sell out because it doesn't mean not making money and not being um, paid for what you do and well compensated and get good exposure. That's not selling out. But when you essentially do, you're signing a deal with the devil and uh, you no longer become what, what got you to the dance in the first place. Uh, Vince, if you're listening, screw everything he just said. Uh, I'm ready for a job. I, Call Jay I can, Miller. I can I can get rid of him easily. You can give me a different co-host. I'm here. For call you. call him at one eight hundred kiss Jay Miller's ass dot com. <laughs> <Fuck. laughs> we we can change the name of the podcast. We can get rid of Justin. Whatever you want, Vince. I'm I'm your man. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I have too much fun doing this, so, and they won't let me. They won't let me say fuck on the network, so there you I'm go. We're better off here. Uh, let, let's bring on our first caller because I think uh, I think we have a friend of yours and a friend of the podcast on. Uh, so let's go and take this caller. Caller, are you there? Maybe. 
possibly. Hello? Well, uh, you there? Yeah, hello? Hello, you're on the air. Hi, uh, I'm at, this is Joey Ambrosini. Hey, Joey, what's going on, brother? Hey, PJ, listen, um, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I, I actually am happy that you guys were talking about, you know, respect and, you know, the business, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, I want to get something off my chest right now. Go ahead. And what I want to get off my chest is that I'm sick of these fake wrestling fans talking about my buddy, just incredible, like, like he's dead, like, like because of his downfall that he was never a part of the WWE. Now, what these people need to know is that that you were still a part of the history of professional wrestling, as you still are today. And if these people don't want to realize it, then tell them to screw. I mean, well, I, I mean, I know that's that's nice. I know. That's awesome, Joey. I hear you, and uh, it does. You know what? Though it doesn't bother me necessarily that much anymore because look, uh, a friend of ours, a friend of mine, Jake Roberts. Uh, he, I mean, I was with Jake when he had his, his biggest downfalls, man. I mean, at the verge of really, uh, of death. And I'm not comparing my, my greatness to Jake Roberts, uh, but he turned it around when people all said that he couldn't. Um, I'm a human being, and um, I've always respected the business, always kind to everyone I came across. And I, I love the business, and I always tried to help the younger guys so uh, it doesn't mean that the fans have to embrace the stuff and the turmoil. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. I know what I have to do. And I have good guys around me like you and, you know, Jay and all the other friends that I have, uh, you know, Dave Deere and, and that whole crew to support me. And uh, I'm grateful. And um, so at the end of the day, I got to put up or shut up. And, uh, it's not just about pro wrestling. It's about my family, my wife and my kids who I, I adore and love, and they still love me. And they stuck with me for all these years still here. And, uh, you know, and we'll make it out. We're, we're going to make it out and we're going to, you know, this is all going to be good. So uh, thank you for bringing that up, Joey. It means a lot to me, brother. You know, I'm, I must say I, my, my years as a kid watching professional wrestling and watching you, I mean, playing with your figures having your posters in my room, wearing your shirts. I mean, it just, it just you know, star, star strikes me that that to think that I was in your documentary, Credible, which will be out very soon, and I, and I very much look forward to it. And it, it was the, that was the first time I got to see you face-to-face since 2015, in which I was, you know, I was gratefully humbled to be a part of that documentary and to speak my mind and to show my support. Because I feel as though that there was no other way I was able to to really express that support I have unless I was able to say it either to you or in front of the camera. And the best part about it is I got to do both. And we all know, you know it, Jay Miller knows it, everyone knows it, that I have endless support for you, and I'm always by your side. Well, that means, again, I, I can't be thankful enough, dude, and... uh and that's the whole thing. That's the beauty of all of this uh, is that we'll be able to tell that story because fans, you know, uh, it's a cruel reality sometimes that we're just a headline. We're a blurb on a Twitter feed these days. Um, and it's so much deeper than that. Uh, you know, where guys get to be on the ground floor, they get to shake your hand, they get to meet your family, they get to spend time with you and see what you're really all about. 
Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we all make mistakes in life. Uh, my whole, my whole thing is I'm making mistakes in front of the world because I'm a public figure and uh, I don't want to go out like that, man. I don't want to, I, I put, 20, I, I didn't realize it cause I, I try not to even go there sometimes, but I started in 1992, October 16th, 1992, which was yesterday marks 26 years. I was in the business in the ring. That's a lot of years, man. And I don't want to throw that away. My life's work, um, in, in, in a negative light. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm grateful and I've always tried like Jay and I were talking earlier to pass the torch to the younger generation at 45, my best days of the ring are obviously behind me, but if I could pass on my knowledge, my friendship and my guidance, um, through whatever means, uh, through this documentary, through this podcast, through wrestling seminars, being in the ring with you, Joe, you and I talking, then it's all worth it. And, you know, we're doing the right thing. What's right for the business, what's right by the business and for the next generation, like yourself. I 100% agree with that. And you know what, at the end of the day, it's not really about, you know, doing it for, you know, because you feel the need to, it's because I, I, I feel the need, I feel the need to, because, you know, anything to support a friend, anything to support a friend. Thank you, man. That that means a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you called the podcast. You and I've been talking and texting all week and uh i'm glad you called man thank you so much for for calling and you know you're always welcome here as a, as a friend and as a guest of the show please always i i thank appreciate that and I, and I tend to call in more thank you guys very much and god bless you thank you you too brother thank you so much joey wow that's awesome that's really cool stuff and it's it's, it's great to see you know people whose lives you know, even if you didn't know, you know, you, you touch these people's lives, uh, you know, through, you know, whatever. Um, so that, and I'm sure that's pretty nice to have that reminder every once in a while. Well, you know, it's amazing because tech, you know, sometimes most of the times I don't, I don't think of, I don't think of myself that way. I don't think of myself that way. Uh, I'm just a regular guy, you know, uh, that happened to be a wrestler. I, I never take myself that seriously. And uh, it's nice that you're reminded that, uh, you know, you meant something to someone. And I know there's a generation out there that, uh, you know, we, we, and it's not just me, it's, it's all of the ECW guys and what we did as a unit uh, meant to it. And it, it, it makes me very happy. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's, let's uh, throw a little advertising out there. Um, we we got a lot of stuff coming up. Oh, a lot up. of stuff, a lot of stuff. Go ahead, I'll, you you roll, and then I roll after you, brother. Uh, don't forget, we have uh, a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/CrediblePod. Um, a lot of great stuff there. We're gonna start doing some live video watch-alongs uh, for anyone that wants to watch old ECW pay-per-views with us, old WWE pay-per-views, maybe some old movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Possibly live pay-per-views, um, all that you can subscribe as little as ten dollars a month. Uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of uh, live stuff from Indiana uh, next weekend, um, so go over there to Patreon.com/slash/CrediblePod. Uh, uh, we'll also give a shout out to our Patreon fan of the week. Um, Angie is over there; she has signed up for the Patreon. We appreciate hey, your support. Definitely. Um, remember. It pays to be a patron. I can't believe I just said that corny shit. Uh, 
Well, let me go. Let me take this after you, uh, my brother. Uh, please, if you want the best and latest in Just Incredible merchandise, go over to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Just Incredible. Uh, all the new podcast shirts are out. Brand new Reject Your Idols t-shirt, which is uh, endorsed by the great Billy Corgan, lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins and owner of the NWA. Also, of course, where you can find everything and anything about Credible Podcast, CrediblePod.com. And I'm going to throw out another one. Our good friends at Collar and Elbow, uh, Al Snow's company, where they do some of the greatest, uh, you know, for wrestlers, by wrestlers t-shirts. I mean, really cool, quality stuff. You can go check them out at CollarAndElbowBrand.com promo code backslash just incredible and um you'll find some really cool stuff there and also last but not least fight.tv promo code ipq 9 pm5 you get a little discount if you use that promo code for our podcast you get 15 dollars in free fight credits and the nwa is going to be on the fight.tv app uh we're going to talk a little bit about we're going to talk about that here in a little bit um, that's going to be something great. But coming up next weekend, you got some stuff going on in Indiana. You got a lot of big stuff going on. Uh, so we're going to play something right quick, and we'll be b- right back with you. Maybe, if it wants to play. See, you had a perfect Look, segue, Miller. I the did. Love of God. I did. Well, blog, just... blog talk is messing up. That's oh, wait, right. here we go. Here it comes. Here, there here it go. comes. Story of my life. There is a time for peace. But there can be no peace without war. Saturday, October 27th, from the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. It's Heroes and Legends Wrestling 11, featuring Jeff Jarrett, Francine, Axel Smash of Demolition, Justin Credible, Terry Taylor, Jim Cornett, Ron Simmons, J.J. Dillon, Doink the Clown, Teddy Long, Barry Windham, Sergeant Slaughter, Mark Henry, Plus, so much more. For the Heroes and Legends Cruiserweight Championship, it's Sugar Dillerton versus Ultimo Dragon. For the Tag Team Championship, it's the Bomb Shelter defending against the Powers of Pain. For the Mini Championship, it's Swaggle defending against Eric Smalls, with Buddy the Bulldog as the special referee. In a special attraction, it's Nick Cutler versus Brian Pillman Jr. For the Heroes and Legends Women's Championship, it's Heather Owens defending against Madison Rain. For the first ever Legends Championship, it's Drew Skills versus D'Lo Brown. And for the Heavyweight Championship, it's Congo Kong against Fallout Bob. It's Heroes and Legends Wrestling 11. It all takes place on Saturday, October 27th from the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Tickets available now, but they're going fast. For more information, visit heroesandlegendswrestling.com. Wow, what a, what a great plug that was. That was a hell of a commercial. I can't believe I'm featured in that thing. Dude, I just want to say I love how that announcer says Falaba. 
Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> man, that's a hell. Of, I'll tell you what, man. These guys are doing it right. They're doing it right. They're doing it well. Um, it's a hell of a show. Any any wrestling fan all over the country, all over the world, uh, like uh, Gorilla Monsoon used to say, that's that's a main event in any any arena in the country, <laughs> and uh, it truly is. So, uh, man, wow, I'm just privileged to be part of it. Uh, it's going to be amazing, and I'm I'm just looking forward to it, man. It's it's going to be off the wall. I'm just kind of upset that we haven't said anything on this podcast uh, to piss off Jim Cornette yet, because he's going to be there, and I just kind of want to see that interaction with the pissed off Jim Cornette. Well, I get along with Jim. Jim and I always get along very well, so, you know, you ain't going to get that on my side. <laughs> I, I know better not to piss off the mouth. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, man, I, I look, uh, the Heroes and Legends, it's going to be ridiculous off off the chain it's going to be so amazing uh we're going to create memories for a long time so if you guys are from that area please get your tickets show up and uh not even just for me for all the great legends i'm going to be a mark i'm going to mark out to see some of my favorites of all time so uh it's just it's a privilege for me to be on it you know so it's gonna be awesome minus minus seeing francine I, I'm right. I'm riding his coattails all over this convention. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta take. I gotta take you all around uh, and show you. Uh, show you the ropes, there, kid. <laughs> I'm gonna be holding. I'm gonna be holding on to his pocket the whole time. Yeah, too bad there's nothing in the pocket. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, a money, that's a money reference. I'm broke. You know, haha. <laughs> funny, funny. Joke. Come on, guys. Anyways, bad. <laughs> Cornette always has money on him, so you distract him and I'll pickpocket him. Be good to go. There we go. That's our plan. We're good. We're good. So uh, what we, we got a lot more to talk about, man. Uh, let's let's roll over this uh, this NWA 70th anniversary at the famed uh, the Nashville Fairgrounds, where I cut my teeth in the USWA in '97. Uh, it's been with it, you know USWA has run there for. I don't know how many decades, um, you know, shitty building, but so much story behind it. So many legends, so many amazing historic matches have happened. And, uh, this is a, this is a big deal. It's also going to be on fight.tv. Uh, so, uh, what's uh, we, I, we get the rematch too. Cody yeah. Rhodes versus all this. This is, yeah. uh, this is big. It's a big, big coup for, uh, Billy Corgan's NWA. You know, he's a friend, friend of the podcast personal friend I, I think it's going to be amazing uh you know anything to support uh, the resurrection of the nwa what are, what are your feelings um i mean i'm the card looks amazing um let's run down the card right quick uh like you said the rematch it's now a best two out of three falls match um, wow and it's cody rhodes versus, versus nick aldis with tony shivani on commentary that's sweet uh, you know and it, it, that's amazing that someone as ingrained in the history of the NWA as Tony Schiavone is. Um, it's awesome that he's going to be there and he's going to be the voice of yet another amazing NWA moment. Um, for the NWA World Women's Championship, uh, someone you know very well, uh, the current champion, Jazz, uh, yes. will, will be defending against uh, Joey Janela's girl, Penelope Cruz. Or Penelope yep. Ford, I'm sorry, Penelope yep, Ford. Yep. yep. Um, then for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship, which is currently vacant, 
Uh, it's going to be Willie Mack versus Jay Bradley uh, versus Mike Perro versus Ricky Starks. Um, and then another four-way elimination uh, match. Well, I think the two winners of these matches are going to wrestle each other for the uh, national championship. It's uh, Sammy Guevara uh, versus Cole Cabana versus Scorpio Sky versus Sam Shaw. Um, I'm a huge fan of all these guys. Um, I will say, though, Jim Cornette uh, is going to be doing commentary for this show, uh, and he is not a fan of Cole Cabana at all. Uh, really? So that, oh, yeah, that'll be interesting. He's, he's a comedy wrestler, and you know how Cornette feels about that. Well, I mean, it, it, look, again, I love Colt. Colt uh, Colt's been a friend of mine from the very beginning, um, and I did his uh, his podcast you know, right when it was taken off uh, three years ago, you know, and um, Cornette's been, you know, he's always been good to me, but uh, I, I, I don't see it because, you know, I, I know what Jim likes in wrestling. He likes, you know, what he brought to Smoky Mountain was his vision and it was, it's a wonderful vision of professional wrestling, but uh, being from that Tennessee area, you can't say that comedy didn't have its place in pro wrestling and Colt is, not just a comedy wrestler. He's a very talented professional wrestler. So um, it's whatever, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to hear in that, that whole dichotomy and about how that's going to go down. Uh, you know, again, it's more reason to tune in. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great night. And I think it just celebrates what what's going on in the business today, man. Uh, this has been probably one of the most exciting years in professional wrestling with uh, what happened with All In. And what continues to happen, what continues to happen on the independent wrestling scene, uh, more young guys and gals are getting the opportunity to shine uh, like never before, where uh, you actually have an alternative to going to the WWE or to an impact uh, wrestling. You know, you, you have you have so many ways to to make a living. Uh, so it's, it's very exciting. This, this hasn't happened in, in decades where you had viable promotions where you can go to, you know, so it's, it's, it almost uh, goes back to the territory days today and uh, it's very exciting. And um, I'm, I'm so happy that this is happening and I'm excited to see the show. Really. It's, am. Uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, it's just a lot of tradition, a lot of history. Of course, uh, Jeff Jarrett is helping Billy Gorgon, uh, Corgan put it together um, but ex- outside of that, it should be a good show. I, <laughs> I'm not either. Look, I'm not either. But, uh, one thing I can say, I was, I was with Billy, uh, me and my friend who, uh, he's doing a lot of the music for the documentary, uh, Scotty Anarchy from, uh, the band crossing Rubicon. Uh, we went to visit Billy, uh, on one of his, you know, one of his stops on his uh, world tour, in uh, Connecticut at Mohegan sun. And, uh, we had the privilege of talking, wrestling, and then gambling and losing money afterwards, uh, at the craps tables. But nonetheless, I digress, but, um, he's, Billy's got such a passion, uh, for this business, such a, it's not just a passion, a respect for the old school for, for tradition. And, and I really believe that's why he purchased the NWA brand to begin with, uh, he really has, uh, you know, he really ad- loves and adores the history behind professional wrestling and what would, what, what, you know, and I think he's trying to really carry that legacy on that should have been carried on for a long time. And I'm just glad it's in the hands of somebody who, who loves it 
and respects it like he does. So I'm, I'm excited for anything the NWA brand has going forward. And I think um, he's partnered up with uh, guys like Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis. I mean, because at the end of the day, I know they're, they're wrestlers, but obviously Cody Rhodes is just like his dad. He's a businessman and there's more than just a wrestler. And Nick Aldis is the face of the brand right now. So it's, it's nothing but positive. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. The possibilities. And, uh, I think this is just going to be a, a turn into something else, maybe hopefully something bigger. So, uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff happening in the world of, of wrestling for all of us, you know, opens up doors. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and then we also have speaking of big shows, uh, next Sunday is WWE evolution. The all women pay-per-view, uh, Trish and Lita are taking on Alexa bliss and Mickey James. Uh, you got Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Yeah. That's curious. That's curious booking for me. And, uh, I think we talked about this earlier, oh, yeah. I believe, or it was, you know, and, and it's just, look, when I, I and again I get that the Bellas are a name brand. They're beautiful young ladies. Uh, all the respect. They work really hard. No, don't get me wrong. But when does Ronda Rousey not kick the shit out of both Bellas at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, it, you know it starts to get a little hokey. But uh, you know, look, this is this is a turning point in the women's movement in professional wrestling in the WWE universe, especially. Um, I think it's going to get over huge. Uh, I know the girls are going to go at it. Uh, the spirit of these young ladies, they're going to go at it. They're going to kick ass. They're going to work as hard as they've ever worked in their lives. They're seeing this as their opportunity to shine and, and to prove once and for all that, 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 that they can go toe to toe with, uh, with any of the men. And, uh, and this is their opportunity. So I think they're going to embrace it. I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, you know, and I, and I hope I, I know they're going to, you know, the girls are going to hit it out of the park. I just hope that the company, uh, you know, it's just not. It, it's it almost feels sometimes spoon fed to us. It's in sometimes like it's almost you know. It, it, do you have enough depth to roll with that? I I see you know Trish Stratus, Lita, Mickey Jane, a lot of the old school girls coming back. You know, so do, you know, can the new school girls come in and carry this uh, their end of uh, the bargain, so to speak? So it's going to be very interesting. It's definitely going to be entertaining, and I know everybody's going to leave it in the ring. I don't doubt that. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really cool stuff. Exactly. Really cool stuff. And uh, it's funny because uh, Bruce Pritchard just recently said that the original ideal for SmackDown was to be an all-women's uh, show. Wow. Do you think it would have made a 1,000 episodes if it would have been an all-women's show with the female talent that they had in, you know, 2000? I, I, I'm not, you know, the depth is out. The depth is out there now. Uh, it certainly is out there now. I don't know if it's, if it was out there then yet. Um, there's so many, dude, there's this one girl that, that got a spot in the uh, May Young Invitational, Killer Kelly. She's a Portuguese girl, I think, that wrestles out of Germany, who's, who's just, I mean, she's amazing. She's really, really talented. A uh, good personal friend of mine, Jazzy, Jazzy uh, from Germany as well. She's just, I wanted to work with her for so many years. Um, you know, I thought she was like the next China. You know, she had beauty. She had brought, I mean, she was jacked, great shape, great face. I mean, she was box office. So there's so many people that, that you could pull from today to fill those spots. I don't know if back then they had as many ladies interested 
in the business because that's always been a, a telltale sign of you know the quality of athletes you know um it's like how many people um do you get from certain sports to get to become wrestlers and back then i don't think as many uh women where it was more fitness models coming into wrestling for quite frankly tits and ass back then right. today it's not that today these women are are hardcore they're hard workers they're 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 taking bumps they're doing they're you know they're playing they're playing with the boys you know and then they're playing hard so uh it's it's definitely a different generation and a different take on it so um i don't think they could have pulled it off then quite frankly they could have pulled they could pull it off now absolutely they they certainly have the depth um now but back then i don't think so so right. you know I mean, my personal who, opinion who who would want to watch you know the cat the cat wrestle every week or right uh, i mean and, and, and another girl that's a really good friend of mine uh terry runnels terry oh, yeah. is terry terry's a very talented girl but you know she'll tell you herself she's not in the business of taking bumps so back then i think it was more more of uh you know managers doing wrestling spots where today you have full-fledged combat athletes wrestling not just performing spots you know what i mean oh yeah and so it's, it's, it's a big game changer oh yeah and terry terry has a great podcast as well uh you know maybe one should definitely check that out um you know i i'm not even going to talk about that uh I, I was gonna i was gonna delve into her relationship she had with new jack but I don't even know anything about that. I don't want to get stabbed, so I. Yeah. Oh, you ain't gonna get stabbed. I'm more worried about her. I'm more worried about her. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, well, don't fuck, you don't want to fuck with Terry. <laughs> I, I've heard now. The rumors were that Terry liked to be bladed during intercourse, but it. Why am I? Why am I turned on for some reason? Oh God. Yeah, I got I, I got issues, kid. I just said. Just, anyway, anyways, never thought of that one, but somehow that just that just <laughs> Jill, you better run in and hide, hide the <laughs> blades. <laughs> just think of just think of the sunny porn. Uh, yeah, my yeah, my dick just went down. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks That's for what that I'm one. here for. That's what yeah. I'm here for. Thanks, buddy. Now you know she's she's out of jail. I heard. I heard. We have another jailbird. Yeah. I'm not the only. I'm not the only one. That's good. That's cool. Yeah, I heard that she. What is, what's going on with her? Is anybody has she surfaced uh, publicly yet? And I, I don't like to bust balls because people could easily bust balls on me, and I have to be sensitive. I do like, you know, Tammy was a friend for a very long time, so I don't want to be cruel. Uh, that shit's, you know, it's not I, easy. But uh, you know, I don't know what her deal was. I don't even know what what had happened. I can be cruel because whatever. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You you take yeah. the reins. Yeah, yeah, you get the heat, kid. I just want to know she. I just want to know she was the bitch of the butch in jail. Um, well, I, could tell you, uh, I could tell you she was the bitch. <laughs> oh. Any, anyways, I already said too much. I'm gonna get in trouble. Oh. Hey, that, that's what I'm here for—is to get you in trouble. Yeah. Um, no, I mean she's out. It, you know, it's great that she's out. Whatever. Finally, she can get back to skyping that roast beef between her legs to people. Um, Thanks. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, but okay. Just that. Yeah. But. Got to have a hustle. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But um, 
I, I know you mentioned something to me earlier, and I kind of uh, I, I found it interesting, and I and I certainly wanted to uh, throw it at you. Uh, some comments that uh, Ultimate Warrior's uh, widow, uh, wife, uh, Dana, had said, uh, and well, she's, I guess, uh, taking the head role in the lesbian, gay, transgender community, something like that. Well, what's up with that? Uh, she's, she's now the uh, WWE ambassador. She's one of WWE's ambassadors. Um, and she put out this video today, uh, you know, for... Uh, the the 18th, whenever that is. Is that today? No, today's the 17th. That's tomorrow. So tomorrow is National Spirit Day. Okay. Um, where it's pretty much, you know, for LGBTQ community, uh, for, you know, kids that committed suicide, suicide prevention in the community, stuff like that. Sure, uh, so sure. She put out her, you know, a video about how she supports the community, and she's glad to be taking part of this. You know, the anti-bullying campaign that they're doing uh, for the LGBT community. Yet her husband was one of the biggest bullies uh, towards the gay community that it was. I mean, this guy would get paid so much money to go on conservative college campuses and talk about how uh, his line was, queering don't make the world go round. Um, Wow. And and I just think it's ridiculous to have her as your public face. I mean, cause yeah. people, you know, people that see that they're going to look up who she is. Then they're going to look up their husband or her husband and they're going to find those comments. Yeah. Um, you know, an ult- ultimate warrior is a piece of shit. Uh, anyways, in my opinion, I mean, when, when you laugh at Bobby Heenan for having throat cancers, fuck you. That's my, yeah. even, even if he's dead, even though he's dead, whatever. Uh, man, that's, that's, that, look, that's rough. Uh, I, I've met Jim a couple times, uh, in 96 when he came in to work with Paul Triple H. Um, and he was, I mean, again, I'm talking in, pa- in passing, uh, he was always okay to me, but, uh, those, I mean, that's pretty, what you just said is pretty, you know, pretty much tells you what he's all about. Uh, I, and I don't, man, I hate to make judgment, but that's just a bad look for Dana, a uh, bad look for the WWE. And I'm amazed that uh, in the political, sensitive culture we are in today, that uh, things like that could fall through the cracks. Um, It just, you know, and it's obvious. I I remember, I remember the the homophobic comments that uh, Ultimate Warrior made back in the day. And uh, again, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, and I don't have much right to, but uh, I just find it a very peculiar choice. of such a corporate entity like WWE to, to, you know, put that out there. Like, I mean, it's like, dude, really, really? You're going to insult our intelligence some more. I mean, it's bad enough that WWE has tried to pretty much whitewash the ultimate warriors life. You know, they're trying to make him as this big hero and he was such a great guy. The guy was a piece of shit. I mean, more or less. And to see his wife, you know, she's going out there with cancer patients and celebrating them when her husband openly mocked someone because they had cancer. Um, yeah, that's that's sick. That's sick. And Bobby Heenan, of all people, who is uh, was always a pillar of the pro wrestling community, uh, always, you know, one, and not a, not only uh, one of the most entertaining figures we've ever had in, in you know, the pleasure of knowing, but uh, always a, a pretty straight up honest dude, great professional wrestler in his own right. 
you know, if you, you know, he, he took, he took those bumps. Like, you know, remember the Shawn Michaels, triple H backflip bumps, him oh, yeah. and him and Ray Stevens were doing those in the seventies. Oh yeah. You know? So, I mean, Bobby came up with a lot of those great things and um, to, to say those horrible, nasty comments, you know, it, it's sad. And, uh, you know, I don't even want to give it too much light, but uh, you know, it is what it is, you know? And uh, I'm just, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm just surprised WWE has been so reckless with uh, the handling of uh, that whole thing. Because if you're going to go and 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 do that and, and and put somebody up there in such an important topic of bullying, of gay, lesbian, transgender, that whole thing, that's very sensitive stuff. And, and people are very serious. You know, that's people's lives, and people are are, are reaching out, uh, and that's where you need the best role models. The you know what I mean? The bur- Highest examples of positivity, and uh, you know, especially with bullying of all things, uh, and that just doesn't, you know, that just it's not the right fit. And Dana is not an entertainer, so she's going on the fame of her husband, who again was less than exemplary. Right. So it is what it is. It and, is and what my, it is. And my whole thing is, I mean, she profited off of his hateful comments because he was making a lot of money to go to college campuses and spew that hate, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that money was going towards her. So she profited off a of hate speech and right. she's never came out and condemned what he said. Um, sure. So I just, I, I find her uh, just as pretty much just as deplorable for that as he was. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, you can't look, look, I mean, you, you just can't, you can't condone that. So again, questionable decisions by the WWE. That's all I could say. Because at the end of the day, she could she could try to do you know she could try to do whatever side hustle she wants. At the end of the day, the WWE proves it. Exactly, um, and they're the ones that put her in that position. Absolutely. So you know, it's 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 one crook washing the other crook's hands. More or less, you know, and and it's like you know going back to the Saudi Arabia thing. Um, you know, WWE is all about you know anti-bullying and all this. Yet they go to countries where, you know, women are openly, pro- you know, persecuted, um, gays are killed. Um, so, I mean. Yeah, it's it's not it it's is. not it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And it's and, and quite frankly, morally, it's the it's it, it's it's disgusting. You know, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a father of, of a of a young girl who's who's who identifies herself as transgender. So I take it very seriously because I know the battles that she has to face, you know, publicly and stuff where people don't get it and don't understand. So it touches me personally. And it's something I don't like to bring my family into that conversation because, you know, people don't need to know my personal business. But uh, it's something that does touch me. So, you know, it's it's what it is. And and I think, you know, I think WWE dropped the ball in this one. It seems seems to be kind of what they do. Yeah, wow. well, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame because they really could lead by example sometimes, and uh, for whatever reasons, they tend not to. You know, I actually put a poll up on uh, the Credible Pod over at Twitter um, and asked if WWE should move the show to a different country than Saudi Arabia. Seventy-two uh, percent of the people that voted did vote yes. Wow! Uh, they felt WWE should move that show to a different country. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, so now we, I mean, we see with a fan. Now, if a majority of the fans are feeling that way, imagine what other stockholders are feeling. Yeah, I mean, it it, it all becomes the same, really. 
you know, one drives the other. Uh, it's always been that way. Uh, at the end of the day, fans are the deciding voice, whether it's through their cheers, whether it's through uh, buying merchandise, buying tickets, uh, viewership. So fans ultimately decide. And when the fans decide, it shows up on the stockholder side, you know, if it's positive or negative. So uh, that's telling you right there that this is, uh, you know, it, it might be a short-term gain from a business standpoint. And I can't speak for their business. Look, I'm not, I'm not that smart to tell them what they're doing right and wrong. Cause obviously they're a very successful uh, conglomerate, but uh, dude, uh, this is, this is just a bad look, but, but again, I mean, it's not, uh, uh, who, this is also something that, uh, who could have seen that coming? I mean, I think it's also a case of bad timing. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, I mean, we still live in a very politically charged uh, religion, you know, and I hate to talk about religion and stuff, but, over, you know, in the Middle East, it's, it's very serious stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's it's something that catches on like, white, you know, like white lightning and you can't put it out once it starts. So right now, WWE is at the forefront when you got people in, 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 in you know, Congress, Senate talking about the WWE. It's never for a good reason. And I mean, especially, uh, you know, Linda, you know, is part of Trump's cabinet. Um, so yeah. there's that as well. Well, when, when the president of the United States was uh, part of the WrestleMania main event. Right. You know, you know what kind of world we live in. Yeah, when the president of the United States is a racist asshole, you know. Anyways, um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm getting heat with the uh, FBI now. Um, Great. I I don't have enough fucking problems. <laughs> um, and WWE may get, be getting it wrong, but you know who's getting things right? Who's that? Oh, our, our brothers to the uh, north, Canada. Oh, yeah. Yes, they certainly are. They have yeah. uh, the entire country has done what America should have been doing, and they have legalized marijuana in Canada. Yeah, I mean that. What a huge wow! I mean, kudos. I mean, look, I don't, I don't know why. I, you know, Val Venus is actually a, was always a big proponent of, of marijuana, hemp, the whole deal. Uh, but Canada seems to always be on the forefront, um, just with their healthcare uh, from day one, just with uh, you know cheaper medication and stuff, and now legalized. Look, marijuana is is it's been a wonder drug for a long time. And, you know, I actually read something today when you smartened me up about it, that, uh, the, you know, the government is looking to pardon people for simple marijuana possessions that are in jail, which is huge, which is huge. Oh, yeah. It's basically it's, it's it's basically saying, look, this is I mean, look, I'm an alcoholic. Right. And alcohol kills. I mean, it kills and it kills fast. And that's complete. You can go with two or three dollars, get yourself a little bottle, a couple of nips, whatever. That shit kills you. And marijuana, which is, you know, completely the opposite of that, is illegal and persecuted on and, uh, you know, fines and jail and, and stuff like that. So uh, it's a step in the right direction for, for everything, for mental health, for physical health, for everything. I mean, so many people with cancer, so many people with seizures trying to get medicine here in the United States, even in Connecticut. Marijuana is, you know, you can get a prescription for it. But it's such a work and it's so much money because you got to go to your primary care doctor. They got to give you a recommendation if they see fit. Then you got to go apply for a marijuana license. And that's another couple. You know, they're banging you out for at least a G note before you even get to the dispensary. Oh, yeah. 
to legally do this. So uh, uh, kudos to, to Canada. I don't know exactly what the laws are. I know Massachusetts, uh, which is, you know, uh, I'm 45 minutes from Massachusetts border, um, has completely uh, recreate for, you know, for recreational use. They just haven't had, you know, they're still not at the point where, you know, places are selling it yet. But the laws are in place, and it's it's like wildfire, man. The only thing is, I live in Connecticut, and you need a damn Massachusetts ID. So I suck there, but that's all right. I'm I'm wrestling there soon, so maybe uh, uh, wink, wink. Somebody hook 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 the brother up, you know. I'm just yeah, I'm hey. just I'm just saying, edibles are nice. Hey. I like brownie. I like brownies and gummies. I like the Reese's cups myself. Um, hey. Yeah, it's all good. But, I mean, and, and it's crazy because you know. Let's just be blunt and honest here. The reason it's taken them so long and why America hasn't uh, legalized marijuana is because they make way too much money sending people to prison. Uh, oh, of course. And we've talked about this when 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 I went to jail. Oh yeah. You know the the pr- prison systems are privatized and and they're just making money on on sending. Um, I've said this to you before, and I know your you know your husband's African American. It, it, it's not a race war anymore where you used to uh, put in jail minorities and African-Americans and, and Hispanics. And now it's, it's a money war. It's a culture. It's like lower class, upper class. Oh yeah. You know, it's, if you have the money, you're out. If you don't have money, you stay in the system, you get out, you can't handle the fines. You don't, you know what I mean? You can't get your, your life back together. You get back in the system and it's a, a way to keep feeding the monster, which is, you know, and I know that we're going way off topic, but at the same time, it's a very important topic, and it's very personal to me to see it all go down. I mean, it's not like I did hard time or anything. I didn't do a big. I didn't. I didn't meet the big boss, man. But uh, nonetheless, it, it's very real, man. Where you know, people that are in jail for very minor offenses, but continuously get put through the system, and it's it, and it leads to so much more. Um, on the downside, when you actually get out of jail and you already had nothing and you're in there for misdemeanors and, and small stuff where, you know, you're just, it, it's hard to get out of and money, money rules everything around you. And if you don't have the money, that's why people deal drugs. That's why there's crime. That's why there's so much going on because we're just not sustaining ourselves as, as a whole, as a country. So that's my little political speech there. You know, but it, it's true. If, if you don't have the money, uh, you can't afford a lawyer. They appoint you a lawyer. Your lawyer sucks, you know, and it, it's just a cycle. Um, and not to mention, when, when you get out, they expect you to get a job. Uh, they expect you to pay fines, court costs. They expect mm. you to, to have a place to live and pay rent uh, on top of all this. On top of trying to find a job as a felon. Felon, which, right. Which how how does that work out? hard it's it's virtually impossible in in a country that quite frankly is changing with 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 the way we are with the internet with technology where there's no you know manual labor has gone down so much it's not like we can go out there and shovel shit uh you know basically everything that you could do with your hands has been shipped off somewhere else so it just puts you know i'm not saying in 10 or 20 years things won't be regulated and fixed in some ways. But right now we're really at a crossroads where young American men and women are, are really in, in bad places and it really becomes about money and it becomes about rich and poor. And that's why 
you know, in my opinion, Donald, the whole Donald Trump thing versus the Democrats. Like, I don't even know where to go anymore. Like, I don't know what to believe in anymore. It's like, I, I always believed in voting every, every, you know, term and stuff like that. Now it's like, dude, it's all the same. It's like one, one's crossing over on the other and nobody has the answers. So, you know, and you come from a family of immigrants, mm-hmm. um, you know, your parents immigrated over here. Um, so how does it feel? I mean, there's a war on, um, you know, non-white, uh, non-English speaking people right now in this country. I mean, you're constantly seeing where, um, you know, ICE is going in and, and they're arresting people and they're splitting children from their mothers and, you know, they're, they're they're criminalizing these people that just want a better life. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very it's 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 hard, man. It's hard because, and I got to say this the right way. I don't want to sound like an idiot, but um, my folks came over here in 1970. They came over here with green cards, and it took them 10 years to get their American citizenship. They they're you know they've been American citizens for a long time now. But nonetheless, you know, the, the process was done the right way. Um, but other people don't have that privilege. But yes, they're yet they're they're trying to to come over to better themselves. So we have to find a middle ground of how many people do we let into this country before we take away from our own? You know, because back then there was some sort of rate. And I, I'm not educated enough or smart enough to to know that regulation. But back then there was some sort of balance of how many people do we let in, you know, and it's like now things are almost wide open, both with, you know, illegals and, and legals. I don't know how to manage that. And nobody has the answer. Trump doesn't have the answer. The Democrats certainly don't have the answer. So where does that middle ground stand where we still are the, the, you know, the, the land where people could come to make a better life, but do it in a way that is legal, you know, because back then there was waiting lists and stuff. Like how do you how do you manage that? I don't know, man. It's just it's just really uh it's it's just really hard. You know, really really hard questions. You know, and and it's a shame. Our our, our politicians don't have these answers, and unfortunately, people are suffering. You know, one thing I don't believe in is is taking children, ripping them away from their families. That's that's animalistic. That's brutal. And, and all these people want is to work hard and, and earn. You know, uh, which is completely opposite of some people that come here that want welfare, you know, and we're getting deep. We're going deep. But it's true. I see it in my town every day, you know, where sometimes, you know, I, I, I live I live in a very residential suburban neighborhood. My car got stolen two weeks ago right out of right out of my front, right out of my front, you know, from the house, you know, and uh, no, nobody answered to it. And. You know, and that's 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 part of it. Crime is crime is horrible. Um, things are, are escalating. But, you know, there's hopefully somewhere down the line there is there's some hope in, in, in fixing all of this. But it's it's going to take a while, man. It's going to take a while. And we're just starting. And I don't think Donald Trump, unfortunately, is going to be the guy that's going to get us out of this one. I think, he's, I, I think he's the uh, absolute opposite of, of what we need. But that's just me. My opinion is only. I, I agree 100% with you. Um, we, we don't need Cheeto heads trying to start <laughs> That's a good one. problems. Um, you know I'm going to. So let's, uh, 
So let's get on a, a less serious topic because like, this is the episode where we get heat with everyone. Oh um, fuck, dude! It's it's what it's about. Let's take some calls. I know, I know, we got we got Vader, we got Vader and Rennie on the line. I know they're listening to the podcast right now. We got to get them on the line. If you're yeah, listening, call us in. I want the, I want their comments, man. We got to take their calls. I think they're actually on the line right now. Let's go ahead and check. You're on. Uh, you're hey, on the air. Hey, what's going what's on? How's it going? What's up, brother? Not much. Just been listening and loving it. Nice, nice, nice. Love you and your girl, man. You guys are you guys are fucking awesome, man. You guys support us to you know and can't appreciate you enough, man. What, what's going on? What do you want to talk about? And not much. I mean. Just wanted to call in and say, you know, we're glad you're you're back up and running with this, and this is going to be this is going to be great for you. We're here, we're here to show support for everything. That's great, Scott. I, I appreciate it, man. And you and you and, your, you and Rennie have been uh, some of the most amazing. Just so the fans know, uh, these guys have supported me and helped me in in every which way possible. Uh, they've been not just fans they're they're friends they're they're family and uh you know if there's anything right now in pro wrestling uh, or pop culture music movies anything you want to talk about let's let's have some fun oh sure well i want was wondering have you seen any pictures about this new joker movie coming up oh shit i seen some i don't know if you have jay i seen some of joaquin phoenix in yeah. uh, in the in the joker makeup uh, I love it. What do you think, Scott? I, I, it's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get used to the makeup, but I can't judge yeah. on how it's gonna be just by that. I am a harsh critic. I went into the Dark Knight thinking, okay, I don't know about this Heath Ledger guy. He was on right. screen five minutes, and I was like, okay, I owe this guy a posthumous apology because he had already passed right. at that part. Right. By right. the time I walked out of the theater, I had the verse down pat. So yeah. I'm going to wait until I see it. But the the makeup design, I'm a little bit like, you know, it's a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's similar. And it's funny. We we played uh, 30 Seconds to Mars as our song of the week, uh, artist of the week. Uh, Jared Leto played the Joker in Suicide Squad. And it was, again, also very controversial to where people were like, and kind of don't like it. Some people like. I I personally liked it because he was the he followed Heath, which did probably the best Joker of all time. And how oh, do yeah. you follow that? How do you follow that? You know. So he had to go. And I liked him. His decision. You know, he he had to go somewhere else. Some you know he had to go a completely different route. So I respect the fact that he took chances with the role. But uh, I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, is super talented. I loved him in uh, Johnny Cash's, uh, um, you know, film uh, Walk the Line. I thought oh, he was amazing. Oh, he was amazing. I think he's an amazing actor, and he's a great method yeah. actor. So I think if if anybody could pull it off, probably him. But uh, I'm, you know, it's it's like a wait and see thing. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's it's going to be fucking sick, you know. Oh yeah, I th- I'm looking up I, forward I, to that. I think I, I think I think Joaquin Phoenix Joker has a very um, a throwback kind of look to the Joker from the old uh, TV series 
with Cesar Romero. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I see yeah. a throwback there. Definitely yeah. with the outfit. Yeah. And the hair. Yeah. I, look, I, I think it's going to be cool. Either way, it's good. Look, you can't go wrong. It, it seems like uh, in these days, you know, anything, uh, anything with the Joker, any, anything with Batman and Joker is gold. I think that's where the DC universe always, uh, you know, they're always behind Marvel a little bit. Well, a lot of it, but uh, they have such potential and uh, the beautiful characters that they created throughout the decades. You know what I mean? I think that uh, they have a lot of potential to really knock this one out of the park. And I hope they do because I enjoy, you know, who doesn't enjoy a good Batman fucking, you know, or a good Joker movie. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's gold. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I can't wait till it comes out and hopefully soon Vader, hopefully soon. And Jay, you too. Um, it's getting time. We're going to start talking about episode nine. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to switch. We're going to switch a little bit right now, but, uh, we're going to start talking about episode nine sooner than later. Cause I, I, I don't know if they've wrapped up principal photography yet uh, on the film, but uh, Jesus, it, it can't, you know, the, the expectations are ridiculous, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I you say the word, brother, I'll start loading up stuff. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait, brother. It, it's going to be epic. And uh, hey, what do you got real quick to throw at you, Scott? What do you think about the Mayans? The TV show? I watched FX. the first episode. It's not bad, but it ain't got that hook for me like like Sons did. Yeah, you know. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like I, I they, actually I, they did a good job. It's just it's it needs a little salt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I I've actually watched every episode. I'm actually gonna when we're done with this podcast and I wrap up with you guys. I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna watch uh, the episode from last night. I believe it was last night. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna catch American Horror Story in mind. Yeah. That's that's my homework for tonight, <laughs> Scotty. <laughs> that's that's my homework. American Horror Story and the Mayans. And uh, but no, I watched it and uh, my like Sons, like Sons, it get, it got better because if you watch and I, I think you reminded me of this when Sons came out. The first couple of episodes are like. Eh. You know, before yeah. we really understood, before we understood what was really happening, and uh, and I think the Mayans were there, and then the now in these uh, this new episode that uh, the last episode I watched was uh, was really really great. So good cast, good guys. Kurt Kurt Sutter is is an amazing writer, producer, director, and uh, you know just good TV. And uh, anyways, we're here talking about it, credible podcast, and uh, we're grateful to have our good friend uh, on the line. And uh, thank you so much for listening, brother. Love you. You know that. And uh, thank you for always helping me and my family and, you know, putting it on blast because you're, you're amazing. You and you and your girl, Rennie are amazing. And we love you. We love you. You're our family now. So anyways, thank you for calling. You know, brother. And, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up when we get off. All right, man, bro. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling. Be good. Here, brother. You too. Always. Now you mentioned American Horror Story. I yeah. love this season. Oh uh, well, the, the, dude, with the the with the apocalypse. If, if if the fans are listening out there, now they did the loop, the the cliffhanger they left for last episode where they're going back to Murder House. Yeah, the original the original first season, which is where uh, apparently that was like Satan's hole. 
like where like and you feel and I actually went dude, I'm such a mark and I'm so fucking lame and I have so much time on my hands it's sad that I watched the entire first season on binge on Netflix <laughs> today to see where they're trying to go and uh remember that character Tate the young mm-hmm. kid that was fu- the ghost that was fucking the the other broad right the the main character one of the 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 kid that she uh conceived is supposed to be Satan's spawn, which is the tie-in from yep. Apocalypse. Which is Michael. So, yes. So that's going to be hot. I'm curious to see where they go. Writing-wise, it's fucking amazing. Like, oh, yeah. You know, you can't, I mean, I'm sure that was an accident, but still, but connect the dots. Good shit. <laughs> Better than WWE. <laughs> what, what's, your, <laughs> what's your favorite season of... Uh... American Horror Story. God. Uh, I'd like to say Murder House. Uh, the, the first season was great. I didn't like The Witches, other than Stevie Nicks. Other than Stevie Nicks okay. making a cameo, which she made a cameo on this season. Yes, she was just on the last episode. Yes, so other than Stevie Nicks, I didn't like uh, that. Um, I wasn't a big me... fan of that either. Uh, um, hotel, hotel. I wasn't a big fan of either. No, me neither. I mean, I love Gaga. I think she's amazing. Oh yeah, great actress. They're sexy as hell. But I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. They're they're hit and miss. Um, you know, it, a, a, Asylum is my favorite. Um, I liked Asylum a lot. I like that. Asylum was really good, and Freak Show is probably my number two. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely very. That was it. Was so different. It was refreshing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of the, I, I felt a lot of those episodes were very similar. The seasons were very similar, almost like similar. You're talking about similar shit, you know, similar kind of hooks and storylines where Freak Show really was, a, at least in my head, a little different. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, and another thing I got, wow, I got a lot of homework to do. Walking Dead I didn't catch, which I, yeah. I just want to say, I, I want to see where Rick Grimes goes. I know he's dying in this episode, this season. So I, I just kind of want to, you know, I think a lot of fans have invested so much time in The Walking Dead yeah. that now it's like this was their and the only reason you would announce that Rick Grimes, the main character for the past eight seasons is dying is because ratings are weak. Right. So so it's like now it's like we got to watch. Right. If you're even halfway interested in the show still. So I'm um, I'm curious to see what's going on. So I got a lot of homework to do. You know, and. You know another show that both both me and you are big fans of is uh, Shameless. Oh, I didn't see. Oh no! Wow, you're just fucking overloading me. <laughs> well, I, I didn't see fucking the, the Gallagher's. This, this is Fiona and Ian's last season. Oh, it's Ian's too. Yeah, Ian announced that this will be his last season as well. Well, he um, has that great role in Gotham, right? Right. Well, this is Gotham's last season too. Really. Oh yeah, this is the final uh, the final season of Gotham. Oh shit! What the fuck is he doing for work? Right now, do you think? I mean, <laughs> with, with losing Fiona and losing Ian, two pretty much main characters, is it time to just just wrap the show up? Just just call it quits? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think uh, I think you have to wrap it up. I would give it I would give it one more season. Because um, obviously Lip is, they're already doing it where uh, Lip's taking over that role of the patriarch of the family. 
So, you know, I, I think now, but now you gotta, you have to write it off and finish it off. And, and, and if you're going to do the show justice, I would imagine you would want to give him, you know, one season of, you know, how do we wrap this up in a nice, cute little package? You know what I mean? In my opinion, I mean, I, you know, you wanted to like, almost like Seinfeld. Remember how Seinfeld was like the perfect ending? Right. Like you don't want to leave the show hanging. So I think you give you give Lip one year of turning it all around, Frank doing what Frank does, which is of course William H. Macy is genius and brilliant on that show. Phenomenal. And you just kinda of, yeah, and you just kinda of make it all come around somehow to where, you know Well, whatever I mean, you know, whatever wherever they want to go with it, but I think that's that's huge. I think that would be my way of, of wanting to see it. I think they, they already shot this season. Season nine is already shot. So uh, I think they give it one more season and then they take it home. Um, and it, there's, there's a show. I don't know if you ever watched it, um, but I think you really need to. Um, and it, it's called MILF. Okay. It's really good. Um, it's on, I want to say Showtime. I've heard of it, man. I just, I've, I've never seen it. It's really, it has Rosie O'Donnell. Um, it, it has a great cast. Oh, I I I, I know the show. I know. Yes, 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 yes. With that with a young, uh, I know exactly what you talk about the yeah. young girl. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great show. I oh. saw the. They're on season two, I believe, right? Yeah, season two is coming out. I want to say uh, sometime this year. Season two is coming out. Yeah, I, I did see the first season. I did see the first season, and it was it was actually really compelling. My wife actually turned me on to it. She made me well because I don't have much choice in what I watch these days. <laughs> so <laughs> we did watch it, and uh, I really liked it. I, I really did like it. It was uh, that that little young girl who like she was like a basketball player, like she liked to play basketball. And I think yeah. it was like based, based out of Boston. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I did see it. Yeah, that's good stuff. I didn't know they were doing a season two. That's awesome. Yeah, and actually season two debuts uh, next Monday. Or no, this oh. coming Monday. Oh, right on. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Great That's show. Really cool. I, I love it. I think it's a great cast. Uh, you know, Rosie O'Donnell does great um, with what she does on that show. Um, so it's pretty awesome. I, I enjoy it. Um, last night, the, the Connors debuted. Um, oh, Really? Roseanne without Roseanne. Right. Um, That's got to be a little, a little watched, weird. I'm a huge Roseanne fan. It's probably my favorite show of all time was Roseanne. Um, and I really enjoyed the new show. So, I mean, I think if people gave it a chance, uh, you know, just, just forget the, the politics of it. Just forget uh, what happened, you know, to make the change over. Um, right. just, just watch the show with an open mind. And you'll enjoy it as much as the original. Is um, John Goodman on that cast? Oh, yeah. All the original cast except Roseanne is back. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I, I would definitely... Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't and, know and, that. You know, and John Goodman pretty much t- took over the uh, starring spot on the show uh, without Roseanne. Um, and he, I've always loved him as an actor. Me too. Me too. He's, he's so fucking talented, dude. Oh, yeah. So fucking talented. Have you, have you ever seen Red State, uh, the Kevin Smith movie? Oh no, played? I haven't. Oh, it's so. Um, it's pretty much. It's based on the Westboro Baptist Church, um, and it's pretty much this church. It's pretty much a cult. They kidnap some people, 
Um, and John Goodman plays a sheriff uh, that has to go in and try to rescue these kids. Um, and it's a great movie. It's it's a really good role. I'll definitely check that out. Wow. Now you you just gave me a ton of material. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Damn. Damn. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. So um, what else do we got, man? Well, speaking of material, um, there's someone on Facebook recently that had just popped back up from the uh, night that yeah. has a whole bunch of material. Yeah. Um, Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Um, he is he's not biting his tongue on Facebook about a lot of people, um, including a good friend of yours, um, you know, Sean Waltman, X Pac, one two three kid, um, yeah. and Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Right. Um, he even he even throws some shade at Diesel and Shawn Michaels as well. The guy does not like the click. Well, I, I mean, look, <laughs> there, those. It's amazing that to this day, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, we all and and myself and 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 Kid, we we've all had different paths, different careers. Kevin Scott went on to do the NWO. Kid went on to do DX. Sean went on to have his, you know, illustrious fucking career or whatever. I did my own thing too. Um, in those days, man, it was so different. And the, quite frankly, everybody was so, it was so hard. Uh, and I'm going to explain what I'm saying, uh, about that. Um, you were either with us or against us. And those guys to some extent were very much all about business. They were very much, you know, uh, they saw strength in numbers because it was still, we're coming off of the old school days. It's not how it, 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 the, the business then wasn't how it is today where things are very much dictated. You have to, you have to really make your own spot. Kev and Scott and kid and Sean, and you know, they were, they were, they were next level. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, if, if you really weren't up to par, you got thrown in the fire and um, I latched onto them for many reasons. Um, when I first got into, into the WWE and I've, I think I've shared this on the, was the first or second episode of the podcast. If I didn't, maybe I shared it with you, but, um, I couldn't rent a car back in those days. I started with the WWE at 2021 and I was riding with the agents and I was on a B town and Scott Hall said, you're going to get so much heat kid. Fuck me. You know, come on, puss. You're coming with me, you know? And I went with him and that's how, you know, you, that's how I became friends with them. And, you know, it was just strength in numbers. You know, we worked together. We worked to have the best matches to get over to, to kind of, you know, you're, we're playing chess, you're playing checkers. And sorry, Duke, the dumpster Josie, Mike, who I think was his real name. Yeah. Mike. You, Josie. you lost that fucking battle, dude. Um. Sorry, you know, he was just a jabron who's now fucking salty talking shit because you can because you ain't working in this business. We still are. So, you know, uh, I'm not calling him out. I'm not being a dick, but uh, I actually got along with Mike. I I worked with him quite a bit and we had a good good relationship. But I think that's that's a bullshit way to generalize what was going on, because at the end of the day, real easy to demonize the click, you know, real easy to say, oh, you know, this one did that. Pac is that, you know, Sean Waltman is probably one of the most intelligent um, intellectual people you'll ever meet outside of the wrestling business. Now you put in his pro wrestling acumen, he's next level. Sean Waltman was always next level. 
Razor, Kev, next level. Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest of all time. You know, um, so it's really easy to sit back and talk a lot of shit. But when you really look at what you're talking about, it doesn't, you know, it's almost a, you look foolish saying it. it's like me saying, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like saying some stupid shit. It just doesn't make sense. And and especially from uh, from a guy like Duke Drozzi, who was a good worker, decent, well, I won't say good worker, decent worker, shit gimmick, not his fault, but he also, you know, he didn't, he, he in those days, man, you can't take shit personally. And like I said, you know, these guys were playing chess and he was playing checkers. He just wasn't ready for it. He was an indie wrestler that came up, got an opportunity because he had a good look, good looking dude, big dude, you know, can move around. But uh, he just didn't have, um, you know, the what it took in those days, which is definitely different than what it takes these days. I mean, these guys have it so much easier than uh, a lot of guys have. Of it in, that had it in the 90s. I mean, it was blood. I mean, this shit was like, you know, this this was serious business. This is how you made your living. Um, and I'm glad things had cha- have changed. But, uh, dude, he has no right to say any of that shit. I call bullshit. I have no heat with him, but I call bullshit. I, I want to I touch on a few things that he talked about, and I want to see if you remember these situations. Um, one of the stories he told was about uh, he sweet-talked uh, the flight attendant, and again, bumped up to first class. Um, when Waldman and Michaels got on the plane, uh, they kind of gave him the evil death stares because they were in, you know, uh, the, the regular class economy or whatever. Um, and he got he was up in first class with Bret Hart and, and all that. Uh, do you remember a situation like that? Oh, I remember doing that myself, where I would give up. If, like, I, I had enough miles and I had first class, but if I saw one of the one of the guys above me coming through, I would give up my seat. So That's he what you did. That's so he, what you did. He That's was in the did. he was in the wrong for not giving up his seat. Then when Sean got on the plane, in my opinion, yeah, that's called respect. In my opinion, I mean, right. I'm going back old. We're going back old school now. It right. didn't it didn't feel it didn't feel good to me then either, because I'm just as tired. But I'm not I'm not carrying the show on my back. Like those guys were. Right. So it was just a matter of showing goodwill. But if you one hand washes the other, if you, you know what I mean. So, you know what I mean? If you if you showed good by them, they would show good by you. Very mafioso style. I mean, we're going back, you know, it doesn't seem like a long time ago, but it, it, it really it is uh, as far as, uh, you know, how things are done today. It seems like, a, a, you know, forever ago, but... Dude, yeah, if somebody above you, like, you know, if Mr. F- if you're in first class and Mr. Fuji, God rest his soul, was walking, you know, and I was around when Fuji was around, barely walking, because he could barely walk, he had a bad limp and stuff, you know, to coach, you'd be like, Fuji, take my seat, sir. It, you know, you're Duke Drozzi. I'm Aldo Montoya. You give up your first class, regardless of how you got it. Right. Just um, saying. I'm just saying. That's how I was brought up. You know? Now, now another story he told is um, he was in a six-man tag match. It was him and the Bushwhackers uh, versus Isaac Yankum, Leaf Cassidy, and then you know Waltman. Um, I guess Waltman was kind of laying it in on him, and he ended up, as he puts it, he mafia kicked Waltman square in the mouth. Um, 
bloodied his mouth, but maybe knocked a tooth out according to him. Uh, when they got to the back, Shawn Michaels um, looked at him like, what the fuck did you do? And according to Josie, he, he said to Shawn, um, what about it? Shawn then told, turned to Paulson and said, well, I guess you shouldn't have kicked him so hard. Uh, what happened? Uh, kid, kid lays it in. Sean Waltman, uh, he, he, he's never, he's very good worker. He's one of the best I've ever had the privilege of being in the ring with, but he lays it in, he lays the shit in. So that's not uncharacteristic. Um, so Drozzy saying that is kind of just like him being a little bit of a fucking puss, but whatever, you know, I get it. And I don't know, you know, Sean might've said that. Uh, the, the, the times were so heated back then. Again, this is just kid being kid. That's who Sean, Sean Waltman was money from day one. And I'm not sitting here kissing kissing at the ass of Sean Waltman, but it's the truth. He was next level before there was a next level. But dude, when I worked with him, he'd fucking kick me right in the face. You know, get your hands up, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was just, you know, and don't get me wrong. Don't, don't tell me AJ Styles don't lay it in. Oh, right, right. You know, it's, it's just, that's, hey, it's business. It, it, it's, it, when you're working on that top level, it becomes a point of, you know, when you're making that kind of money. Like, I always worked light when it's like, okay, you're underneath. But when you're working for, when I was working main events and pay-per-views, main events, you're laying your shit in, you know, and that's business because you want to make, you know, that's how you're going to make your money. And that's how everybody's going to make their money off your back. So, you know, it's just drowsy being drowsy. You know, being you know a little overreactive. Do you do you believe that he uh, kicked Waltman in the mouth that hard to make him bleed like that? Does that seem like something he would do? I don't know. Possibly. You know, I, I'm not again. I, you know, maybe. You know, maybe. But I don't know. I, I, he didn't have a mean bone in his body, and I don't, you know, I, again, I don't know. It, it, that's all hearsay. It's easy to say, dude. We could all talk shit about 20 years ago, like we all remember any of it. <laughs> None of us remember shit. You know. Well, have I mean, to get, we, we'll have to know, get Wolfman on here and get his side of the story. I, I and I would hope we will someday, very soon, more than sooner rather than later. You um, know, we should, He's a friend. Of, he's a friend of ours and a friend of the podcast, and we should. Uh, now, one more story I want to touch on that he told. <laughs> this one involves you. Um, he said that Bret Hart gave him advice over the phone uh, that he needed to draw a line in the sand, go to Vince with a plan to turn heel, and pick uh, three opponents in his mind that he could beat to establish himself as a heel. Uh, the three names he took to Vince were uh, Fatu, Bob Hawley, and Aldo Montoya. Um, now, when I, I showed you this earlier, and you mm-hmm. knew nothing about it, um, are, are you offended in any way that he wouldn't come to you and be like, hey, um, I have this idea, and I'm going to take your name to Vince as someone that I can use to get myself over? Um, do you feel like he kind of disrespected you just by going and saying, hey, job this guy out to me instead of talking to you first? No, I, personally, I don't. Um, I, I knew uh, at that time that that character was uh, nothing more than a guy to get people over. And it was a way for me to learn as well. Uh, I knew it was a learning. It was a place for me to learn. It enabled me to, to go on and be ECW's just incredible. I knew that. 
uh, I, you know, I was pretty much told that. Um, so no, it didn't offend me. It, it, you know, that stuff is, you know, I put, I put him over so many times. We worked so many matches. Um, no, it didn't bother me because I knew that was, uh, that was, Aldo wasn't going to be the guy that took me to where I wanted to be. You know, I, I was just, uh, those were my years of learning and it was my turn. You know what I mean? It didn't, no, it didn't offend me, you know, where my mini may, it might've offended Bob and maybe for junior Fatu, uh, it might've offended him because he was so established, uh, you know, with the Samoans and all that, that heritage and, and who he was already prior to coming in as that gimmick, uh, maybe for him more than anybody, but uh, now for me, for me personally, it didn't No, I was just, you know, I already knew at that time I was just biding my time to become a different character. So I was just in there for, you know, it's like, you know, I'm here to learn. So that's where I was. So no, it doesn't offend me. You know, I knew Aldo was a bust from the first three months, you know, so yeah. no. Now he he also mentioned Bob Holly. Um, how angry of a person was Bob Holly backstage? See, Bob wasn't to me. He was fucking awesome. He was super cool. Bob, I think, was more uh, angry because he felt uh, he was being overshadowed because he felt. Excuse me. At times, he might have been bullied. Not bullied himself physically, but bullied by the system as a character as a performer not bullied physically don't i don't want to twist that because he's a very tough guy not saying that but uh by the system by what dictates who wins and loses in a worked environment uh, i think he felt bullied by the powers that be but uh no i i, I you know bob was very bitter but also uh, I thought I was in his category where you know we looked at each other like we could be doing so much more man me you know kind of we fell into the same pool that we could be doing so much more but we're not now, but he actually but he went on to have a fucking successful career and made a ton of oh money yeah. so you know at the end of the day he didn't lose it's just uh he, he you know? was with the company for a long time and um, he got he made a lot of money so oh, yeah. at the end of the day <laughs> who wins you now, know he, <laughs> shit he, he claimed in his book that uh he cussed out Kevin Nash and pretty much trying to beat up Kevin Nash uh, during the Diesel run. Do you remember hearing anything about that? I I don't know, to be honest. Sounds like it's something that could have happened. And I'm not being I'm not being dismissive or uh, trying to you know dive, dodge it. But uh, no, I, I I I'm sure Bob said like that. He's a nut bar. <laughs> but again, it's shit. That shit got brushed under the rug more times than not. It was just. That shit, back then, it was like a pressure cooker, man. At any time, somebody was liable to pop and go off. You know, there's so many people. You know, like Vince was showing up at house shows. Him and Pat Patterson were sitting up in the in the upper level, like where nobody was sitting. Because back then, like, it wasn't sold out at house shows. So they would come in and, like, you know, we'd be in Columbus, Ohio, and Vince would fly in with Pat and not tell anybody and just sit at the top of the fucking arena and watch what's going on, you know, like kayfabe, right? That's how explosive shit, shit had gotten in those days. So it was, those were very uh, volatile times. And so I don't doubt any of that was said or felt absolutely, but it never came to fruition. So, you know, just people, I mean, emotions always ran high there in those in those in those era that era like from 93 to 97 shit was fucking hot like hot, like heat heat in the locker room hot you know i mean do you have any good uh backstage fight stories 
Not really. No. Everybody just talks a good game. It's like, hold me back, and you're holding me back with your pinky. You know, like, I'm going to kill you, and, you know, I'm I'm not going. You know what I mean? It's like, no. Nobody really. Dude, we were all too tired from fucking wrestling so goddamn much. <laughs> now, back, back in those days, I mean, the steroid trial was going on. Yep. Um, was there ever a time where people in the locker room kind of thought that this place may go out of business? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was half the reason I got my job was uh, I was in the right place at the right time. I'm I'm a Connecticut guy, and they were looking to fly uh, guys around less and less and to where it got to the point where most of our – unless there were big house shows like Chicago, L.A., Texas, you know, uh, big markets, we really stuck to the East Coast, Um, you know, uh, Baltimore, Philly, uh, Boston, Hartford, New York, all throughout the New York state. But, you know, we, we tried to, you know, uh, you know, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Like we tried to keep it to like that very much territorial line to not fly guys around where we were driving, we were doing a house show and driving 300 miles to the next town, which was the maximum in our contracts at the time. So, um, yeah, it was very much uh, bare bones. I mean, I remember doing a show uh, in uh, Del Mar, Del Mar, California. The main event was Sid Vicious versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Sid was the champion in a cage match. It was a B-town, I believe. Or it might have been an A-town. I don't even know. But um, we took a $200 draw. And at the end, we're supposed to, you know, you take, the maximum you could take is a $200 draw for travel expenses. And at the end of it, I, instead of getting a check for that show, I got a deduction where I owed the office 50 bucks because my pay was a buck 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I made $150 for working on a WWE show. So all these kids that think they're not getting paid, imagine that. You take $200 advance when you're in the big leagues on TV, and then you owe the office 50 bucks. So that's how lean things had gotten. You know? uh, from what show did you get your biggest payday from WWE? Oh boy, I did WrestleMania 17. Uh, I got five thousand oh, wow. um, uh, dollars. And the second biggest was Madison Square Garden. Uh, me and X Pac versus the Hardys semi-main event. I got three thousand five hundred. You know, but it evens out. I mean, you know, sometimes, man, you can't just because, you know, how they really did it was they literally take uh, the amount of tickets sold. They add it all up and then they take away. Okay, the the trucks were take 10, you know, catering, take that out, uh, travel, take that out. And then whatever's left, main event gets more and then down the line. So you got whatever scraps were left. You know, that's how they rolled it, you know. It's kind of crazy that so, uh, Madison Square Garden house show, uh, you made 3500 Almost as much as WrestleMania. Right, and that, that's just crazy. You know, everyone well, talks about Mania is the big payday. Well, because we were the bottom of the barrel. Right. Whereas in Madison Square Garden, we were semi-main event. We were the match from the top, the second match from the top. Just, just, so that has a big – you understand what I'm saying? That has – Oh, yeah. We were opening match. At, we were Sunday night heat at WrestleMania 17, um, whereas Madison Square Garden we were semi-main event. So that's huge. 
That's huge. That has, you know, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. They go down the rung, you know, down the line. Who's drawing the money, you know? I mean, I guess $5,000 for one night working. Too bad. Brother, easiest night's work I ever did. Right. And I got to have my WrestleMania moment, which wasn't very great, but still get to go out in front of 67,000 fans at the Houston Astrodome when the uh, main event's Rock and Stone Cold for the first time. Pretty fucking cool, you know? I mean, and, and how was, I mean, you were in the locker room um, with some of the biggest names in the business. Um, you know, your Rock, your Steve Austin. Um, were, were you there when Hogan got back? I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I smoked weed with Hulk. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. It, when he came back with the NWO in 2001, when the company, when the WCW got bought out, so yeah, yeah, it was great, man. Now Hulk's great. I love Hulk. Hulk was, you know, got to know Hulk through Scott and Kev. It was awesome. Hulk is a great, dude. And by the way, we're rolling on uh, 158. We're almost done. We're almost oh, yeah. out of time. We got about yeah, we got about seven minutes left. Uh, let's go ahead and plug everything right quick before we head out. Um, we have uh, com slash Just Incredible. Um, get your I Hate This Podcast t-shirts. Get your uh, Reject Your Idol t-shirts. And we got Patreon.com backslash Credible Pod. Uh, you're going to get a bunch of live videos, some watch-alongs. Uh, $10 a month for all that. Um it can't be beat. Um, enough, and to top it off, uh, you're going to get a bunch of stuff when we're in Indiana next weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, look, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're getting back better than ever. Uh, I want to thank real quick. I want to thank Vader, Scott. Um, I know he's out there. His girlfriend, Rennie, my friend, Joey from Connecticut, all these great guys support all you, Angie supporters of Patreon supporters of the podcast. You guys have been amazing. Like I said, uh, you know, we plug the pro wrestling tease gimmick. Uh, also, anything about our podcast, go to CrediblePod.com. Uh, check out that. And uh, all the latest information on anything uh, about this podcast will be on there. And, Jay, this was a great podcast. I had a great time, man. I want to thank you. Uh, thank the fans, everybody tuning in. This has been a humbling, uh, difficult time, but a wonderful time. Uh, all you know, it's been great. Uh, at the same time, because uh, I, I've gotten all the support from some amazing people, and uh, I'm nothing but humbled and grateful for all you guys, including you, Jay. So, thank you, and uh, we look forward to being here next week and doing it all over again, man. So, again, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys, and we will be back uh, next week with another awesome episode of I Hate This Podcast. See you. You know, I looked up to this guy for so many years. I ain't gonna lie, dude. I, I want to move him. My name is PJ Polaco. The world came to know me as just incredible a famed pro wrestler. I became a world champion. I was the first guy to have my Portuguese heritage become a major part of the World Wrestling Federation. Kids looked up to me. They wore my t-shirts and played with my action figures. I was their hero. But I should be no one's hero. 
Drugs and addiction beat me worse than any opponent. It messed up my life bad. It broke me beyond what any ring could ever do. I will find my recovery and redemption. This is incredible. What don't you understand, man? This is not a joke. This is my goddamn life. I told you. I've had enough. 